1: tournament it's finally here the brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court and DraftKings the leader in one day fantasy is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survival pool ever how large you may ask 1 million dollars in total prizes up for grabs and if that's not enough check this out when you enter the free DraftKings 1 million dollar survival pool you could win a shot at $10,000 for every upset Uh, throughout the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. You just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you only can pick one team uh, for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe source app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's promo code THPN. HPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survival pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
2: Hello and welcome to the Ice Skies, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective.
3: With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer, Jimmy
2: Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron.
4: Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Saturday, March 27th. It is a Saturday, which means we got a lot of games to talk about uh, on the show today. 11 games taking place in NHL action today. Ian Cameron, joined by the returning Alex B. Smith, Uh, back with me uh, on the show. Uh, Alex, before we get into today's card, you got the COVID-19 vaccine earlier this week. And I'm sure there's people wondering, you know, that are considering getting it, not getting it. And if they do get it, what kind of you know, side effects, after effects. Could you have from it? Uh, tell us a little bit about the experience for you this week, getting that shot.
2: Yeah, so I got it Thursday uh, mid afternoon. That's why I wasn't able to, to go on the show. That way they moved my appointment up earlier, so it conflicted with the with the show. So went over to my local hospital, Regent's Hospital. Uh, process was was quick and and literally painless. I mean, they sit you down. Uh, I got the Pfizer first round vaccine, so I had to get a second one, uh, and it's between twenty one days, so exactly three weeks from. Uh, this past Thursday, and they make you sit down for about 15 minutes to see if you have any, you know, immediate side effects or reactions, which I didn't. Um, And then I was able to, you know, I walked home and everything felt fine and uh, didn't have any arm pain until the next morning. I had some really serious arm pain. It felt like somebody had just been punching me in the arm repeatedly. I also had some lightheadedness, which that might be a, a personal side effect because I suffer from, from migraine headaches. And so I have that from time to time, just without any kind of a uh, shot or vaccine. And lightheadedness is a side effect, but it's a very, you know, uh, rare one as opposed to the arm pain. That's the most common thing. So uh, all in all, and I, you know, I felt better after you know the you know middle of the day, once I ate and got some fluids in me. So everything, you know, I mean, it was, it's, you know, as successful as it possibly be. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my second one and, and you know, being past this. But, uh, you know, they say the second shot could be a little bit more heavy on the side effects than the first. Uh, so that's something you have to kind of just, you know, plan for and prepare ahead.
4: All right. And that's It's good information. That's why I wanted uh, Alex to mention it. Is it uh, experience getting the first uh, dose? Uh, of the COVID-19 uh, vaccine uh, earlier this week. And uh, certainly, obviously, that process is going to be going on both sides of the border, Canada and yes. the United States, uh, for the uh, large part of the year. Uh, still a lot of people that are going to be uh, in need of that throughout the uh, rest of the year for sure. But Alex is fine. Again, he wasn't uh, able to join us uh, the last uh couple of days, but I, I I told you guys, you didn't believe me. It wasn't because he fell into a drunken stupor the night of the bet cast. no right? it wasn't. That was not the reason. You didn't have too much. No. You didn't have a hangover. It wasn't anything to do with that. If you think that what he drank on air Wednesday night during the bet cast is going to put him under yeah. the, the three sheets to the wind, you don't know Alex B. Smith very yeah. now,
2: well. That was light work. I had
4: three mini bottles <laughs> of champagne and about
2: five shots and a half a beer. So that's that's not
4: <laughs> yeah. it's not due to that. Trust me. Yeah. And I made sure I pointed that out when you weren't here. That People were wondering, did he have too much to drink? No, he did not. Come on, give me a break. He's good. (laughs) He can drink with anybody. I'll I'll put him up against anybody in a drinking competition. (laughs) Honest to God. All right, let's go. Uh, We've got a Saturday card. Let's start with the New York Rangers and Philadelphia Flyers. This game starting at 1 p.m. Eastern. We've got the New York Rangers, minus 130. Uh, Road favorites, total six. Shaded to the over, minus 120. I, you know, I'm pretty much done expecting Philadelphia to show me something. I mean, I thought, actually, I stayed off the Rangers purposely Thursday night because I thought, you know what, they lost 9 nothing to this team. If there's some kind of pride, if there's some kind of, you know, just wanting to make amends for basically being embarrassed, you got to show up and bring your best. And we got far from that, uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers Thursday night. A terrible night, again, for their defense, which we've talked about ad nauseum. Uh, they're just making fundamental blunders all over the ice. They're turning the puck over left and right. They're positioning with their bodies and their sticks and the defensive zone is completely fucked right now, if I'm being completely honest. Uh they're just running around. They don't know nobody's got nobody knows which guy each player, the forward, three forwards and the two defensemen. Nobody knows who's checking who. It's like, oh, I think you've got that guy. Oh, no, no, I was supposed to have that guy. And next thing you know, the puck's in the back of their own net. That's the kind of shit that's happening right now uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers. It's embarrassing. It's tough to watch to see this team that was so good defensively last year. Remember we praised this team and how really uh, airtight they were uh, in their own zone, regular season, getting into the playoffs. Hasn't been that same team. Uh, I don't know if anything changes here. They're giving Carter hard a rest. And I think he needs when he needs a mental break. The kid is beaten down right now mentally. Uh, he's struggling with his confidence. Part of that because the blue line in front of him's not been good. Part of that's C- Carter Hart struggling. He has legitimately been part of the problem too. He's really had a tough time. He's fighting the puck. He's not tracking the puck very well. And so Alain Vigneault said, "Enough's enough. We got to rest him. We got to sit him down. We got to see if maybe a day away from the rink can get his head back in the uh, back in the game a little bit." So he's going to go to Brian Elliott. Unfortunately, Elliott's been pretty poor himself uh, the last several starts that he's been in net for the Philadelphia Flyers. So I don't know if this Flyers team or Elliott in net today against the Rangers can shut down this team. Uh, I'm definitely going to be on all over Uh, from a goal-scoring prop standpoint, Mika Zibanejad. You've got to absolutely run with this guy right now. He's red hot. He's been outstanding after a slow start to the season. He's got that offense cranked up to the level we thought he would. Back-to-back against Philly, six-point games for Zibanejad. The last two games he's played, the Flyers scoring three goals and three assists in each game. So points. Goal, to score a goal, maybe to score two plus, maybe even to score a hat trick and maybe even to score multiple points. I mean, I've got prop bets on all of those with Mika ad today and it makes sense. I mean, he's dominated Philly. He's on a, com- a complete and utter tear right now. Uh, he had just two goals and four assists coming into this month. And here in the month of March, he has 10 goals, 16 assists, 26 points here in the month of March. He's absolutely uh, rolling right now uh, after a slow start to the season. I passed up the Rangers Thursday. I don't think I can do that again here. Uh, I took the Rangers here minus 125. Uh, how sad is it, by the way, that of all people to step up for the Flyers and criticize their defensive game? It's the guy that's probably been their worst defenseman in terms of is playing his own zone. Shane Goss despair is the guy stepping up and commenting that it's unacceptable, embarrassing what we're doing. That's the guy that's saying it. The guy that's been one of the biggest culprits for defensive problems uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. But at least he acknowledges it. I don't know what he, if he can fix it, though. He's just had trouble in his zones. He's a great puck mover. He's a great skater. Good offensively, good on the power play, but really a nightmare at times in his own zone. So I'm on the Rangers. And you know I'm coming back to the over. You know it. It was a best bet uh, on Thursday for me on the show. Rangers, Flyers over. Coming right back to that same bet here. Shosturkin and Nett's been okay, but he hasn't been quite what he was last year. He's been in and out. Uh, and I think the uh, Flyers can... Uh, still find the back of the net. Flyers offense is fine. They can they're fine. There's they can still score. Uh, their problem is keeping the puck out. So I like the Rangers minus 125. And also like over six, which you can get at minus 120 to minus 130 uh, in most spots right now. Alex, what are your thoughts with Rangers and Flyers?
2: I mean you pretty much covered it. This has just been an embarrassing display by this uh, you know Flyers defense, which is coached by Mike Yo, by the way. I'm surprised he still has the job. Uh, at this point, with all the goals that they've been giving up left and right, <laughs> you know how I, I feel about Mike Yo. I was not a fan of his when he was in Minnesota, and I thought that he would be doing a much better job because he's only focusing on the defense here in Philly, and he did last year. But uh, this is—it's a disconnect, and it's not—it's not just the coaching. You can't put it all on him. I'm, I'm, I'm mildly joking, but it's—it's it's the players. It's—it's—it's it's a, it's a complete breakdown. You know, it's a systemic and, and personnel breakdown. He uh, said Carter Hart. You know, I've been hearing rumors about people saying that he should go down to the AHL. Uh, and, and you know, maybe call up Alex Lyon or one of the other goalies to you know, like I said, dispel him and let him work whatever things he needs to work out. You know, in in, in the lower level. I mean, this kid's only 22 years old, so you keep in mind, like you know, I'm not writing this him off as a like an Andrew Hammond, for example, where he you know had that one big year and then all of a sudden just kind of vanished. I think he's still going to be a quality goaltender in this league, but he's going through some issues right now, and he's not having any help in front of him. So. Uh, you know, they need to kind of rectify the situation, and and, and that's, you know, what sending a, a pro to the minors down will do. So something they need to keep in mind. But with, as far as this game goes, the only thing I like here would be Rangers' team total over. Uh, You know, I, I don't trust the the Flyers to try to get – you know, they got three goals in that last meeting. But uh, I feel more comfortable, obviously, with the Rangers scoring on the Flyers than vice versa. So uh, three and a half, you can get it around plus one five. Uh, or even money, I think that's a a good shot to go with here. Just play it safe and and not have to worry about the Flyers. Just, you know, count on the Rangers scoring goals.
4: There we go. We got you covered. We got a Ranger money line bet. We got a full game over for me, and now we got a Rangers team total uh, over three and a half at plus 100, even money uh, for Alex B. Smith. That is a good price. I mean, it's not asking a lot right now for any team to score four goals against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers right now. And again, uh, we've got uh, Brian Elliott. I think he's having the same struggles right now Carter Hart is. So uh, I I don't necessarily – I'm not necessarily sure that Brian Elliott's going to be that huge upgrade in net that the Flyers desperately need right now. Buffalo uh, taking on Boston, another early start at 1 p.m. Eastern. Boston minus 315 to as high as minus 340, although we've seen a little Buffalo money trickle in the last 30 minutes. And there is a reason for that. Uh, The total five and a half shaded to the under. The reason is Brad Marchand out of the blue is on the COVID-19 reserve list uh, for the Boston Bruins and is out for this game uh, against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. At least I can assume that's part of the reason why uh, the money's trickled in on the Sabres uh, the last little bit. Probably part of it too is the Sabres. I don't know if it matters. They're just such a, they're, they're such a horseshit hockey team right now uh, that maybe doesn't matter. But at least Linus Allmark is back today and will start a net for the Buffalo Sabres. And he's the best they've got. I don't know if that's saying a whole lot about Buffalo's goaltending, that he's the best they've got because he's had he's had some good games. He really has, but he's also had his own struggles as well. Consistency's been his problem. But he's still more, than cap- more capable, in my opinion, than Carter Hutton, more capable than the now-departed Jonas Johansson when they had him, and probably more capable than Dustin Tokarski who, of course, had to start the last two games for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, you know, it's at least a little bit of good news for Buffalo that at least the goalie that's going to give them the best chance to win, although no goalie's given them any chance to win uh, for the longest time right now, he's at least back, and it's something that can help them a little bit here. Uh, This is an astronomical price for Boston. I think based on the rosters with Marshawn being out, with Boston kind of struggling to score consistently, and uh, I applaud Bruce Cassidy for doing this. Jimmy Murphy's been calling from the mountains above for this for the last couple of days on the show. We talked about the Bruins extensively on yesterday's show. And Jimmy said, sit down, Yarrow Halak. He's not playing well right now. He hasn't. He struggled mightily in his recent starts. Give the young kid, Dan Vladar the chance to get the starts with Tuka Rask obviously out for the foreseeable future. And that's exactly what the Bruins are doing. They're going to give Dan Vladar the start this afternoon. I think it's the right call. He made the one start against Pittsburgh. I think the Bruins played an airtight, strong, defensive game, responsible in their own zone, uh, and they got the uh, shutout win uh, for the uh, young kid Dan Vladar in that game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he played very well in that game. The team rallied around him. I think you might see the same thing here. Jimmy said something interesting, Alex, yesterday that Boston didn't look like they had any confidence with Halak once he took over for Rask in that last game against the Islanders. When when Rask got injured, Halak came in. That's the exact moment in that game that game turned in the Islanders' favor. They erased the two nothing deficit, and of course, they ended up winning four three. So maybe Vladar is the answer. Maybe they do feel more at ease. With him uh, in between the pipes, we'll find that out today. It's a pass for me all around. I'm not involved in this game. There's no value to be had with Boston. Come to think of it, actually, I think Buffalo could put a little scare into Boston today. To be honest with you, especially with Marshawn being out. But do I have the guts to take Buffalo? No, I do not. So it's a pass for me with the Bruins and Sabers. Alex, what are you, what are your thoughts on this game here?
2: I mean, this is this is a, a crazy line, you know, just in general for any. I, I understand, obviously, the Buffalo Sabers. You know, they're calling them potentially one of the worst hockey teams in the last 25 years. Uh, and they seem to be headed in that direction, obviously losing, you know, 15, 16 games in a row. But then you got, a you know, a rookie goalie who, yeah, he had a great start that first time over. But, you know, to make him a minus 380 favorite, that's a bit steep. Uh, if I had to play anything here, I would lean with Buffalo puck line plus one and a half. You're getting plus money with that, plus 110, plus 115. Uh, they could probably keep it close. You know, Boston's not blowing anybody out. And If you look at the last six meetings with these teams, uh, they've gone to the over, or to the under, excuse me, uh, you know, low-scoring battles. Then that's what, you know, Boston likes to play. So they can win this game. Two nothing potentially, uh, you know, or it could be a two-one game, three-two game. I, I would, I wouldn't be shocked. I think they, like I said, could put a scare in them and keep it close. Uh, and if Ladar, you know, struggles, then hell, you know, this might be a good time to deal. It's definitely a game to watch and maybe look for something live because if Ladar is not looking sharp early, you know, think about what the live show we, we had uh, this week. We talked about you know rebound control. Look to see how Ladar, how his positioning and rebounds are going. He looks like he's you know giving up some chances. At some point, Buffalo is going to find the net, uh, and, and you know maybe they have a of chance. And With an early start as well, you can kind of catch teams off guard, but Boston is used to playing the early stars. so
4: I'm staying away from it, but I would lean to Buffalo on the puck line getting a, a plus price. That, that one does make sense because that's a little safer. I don't know about win the game. I mean, we're talking about a team that's lost 16 in a row. It's hard to say this is the day they're finally going to win. Uh, because they've had opportunities before and just not gotten it done. And Boston is coming off a frustrating loss, and they could really dig in and play hard, play strong for Vladar. So I don't know if that's – if there's enough belief for me that Buffalo today is the day they snap the skid, which is just an embarrassing skid. Now 16 straight, winless for the Buffalo Sabres. But the plus one and a half is a good option, I think. That's, that, that's definitely something that makes sense to me. I don't think I'll bet that either because I'm just – Buffalo to me is just I've sworn them off for now with how bad they've been, but I think there is some, there is some possibility they could make keep this a one goal game and maybe cash a puck line bet at that plan and a good price. I mean, you're talking a plus money, plus price on a plus one and a half goals puck line bet. You don't see that uh, very often. You only see it when you're talking about going against these minus three hundred or north of that favorites like the Boston Bruins are here uh, in this game. Uh, JC, rewind the show. I mean, we talk, uh, you're asking about the Rangers and Flyers. I, he probably just joined the show. Uh, we talked about it a minute ago. Uh, the shows are always archived uh, after the fact. So uh, definitely make sure uh, you uh, rewind and uh, if you missed any games that we discussed, I'll, I'll briefly say it for you here uh, since it looks like you might be in the uh, chat for the first time. Uh, Rangers for me, over six for me, and uh, Alex likes the Rangers team total over uh, in that game. All right, we'll move on to Vegas and Colorado. Uh, uh, Colorado minus minus one eighty home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. I hope Peter DeBoer is not back to his old ways of last year where, you know, Robin Leonard's obviously back and available and healthy and Mark Andre Fleury is a little bit of a rough game, a little bump in the road for what's otherwise been a strong season for him. And he bails on Mark Andre Fleury and goes back to Leonard today. I think that's a mistake. uh, If uh, Peter DeBoer does that, because, Flurry is one of those guys I want him in the net after a subpar performance. He's got got that competitive drive to him. Uh, he he didn't have his best game against Colorado the other night, although you could say it was just a product of Colorado just being un- unbelievable right now. We've talked about it with the Avalanche. There's nothing fraudulent about the incredible stretch of hockey they've had the last couple games. They are dominating in all the key stats and metrics. They're owning expected goal margins. They're owning the high danger chance battle. They're they're generating more. They're not giving up hardly any uh, high danger chances. Uh, their goals for percentages are through the roof. They are their statistics. Their statistical profile is dominant, and now we're starting to see it showing the results on the ice. Like a five one win against Vegas. How impressive was that uh, Thursday night for the Colorado Avalanche? I mean, they took apart a damn good Vegas team. Uh, very impressed. And Patch already played. Uh, in that game, which not everybody was expecting. So that was impressive. And we're seeing what Colorado's capable of with their fully healthy lineup. You know, Comfer's back, Codry's healthy, Burakovsky's healthy. The top line with Ranton and uh, McKinnon and Landis are all uh, healthy again. The big two on the blue line are back on that uh, defense with Bowen Byram and Kale McCarr, who had an outstanding goal. Uh, I mentioned on the show yesterday, Alex, in this post game interview, it was hilarious to hear, hear Kale McCarr when they asked him about the goal, saying, oh, the forwards did a great job in getting me the puck. It's usually the other way around, right? right, But uh, that's Kale McCarr, the forwards giving me the puck. No, it's supposed to be the defense giving the forwards the puck, but that is Kale McCarr. He is that good offensively as a defenseman. He can jump into the play. He's got the finishing skills, the shot, and all of that of of a forward, and he's playing defense. Uh, That's how special he is. Uh, Vegas is going to need a superhuman effort. I think to beat this team right now, are they capable? Yeah, they are. Are they getting a hell of a big price here? They sure are. Uh, in fact, you could say that's, that's tantalizing Vegas off the loss the other night. You would think they fire back really, really strong with a big effort today, but I'm just not going against Colorado. Not right now. No way. No, how Uh, they're just a freight train right now. I'd expect Grubauer to be back in today, uh, for Colorado. And he's been magnificent uh, of late, uh, Flurry, I hope he's in for Vegas. I hope DeBoer just gives him that chance to bounce back instead of just doing what he usually does and just run right back to Leonard. You know, it's like the girlfriend that rejects you. It's like Flurry rejects DeBoer or the bad performance, and he's going to run to the other person now, uh, Leonard. Uh, th- th- I don't want to see that. Give Flurry. Flurry's had an amazing season. Give him another shot here to bounce back from that game the other night. We'll see if he does. There's no confirmed starter yet for Vegas in terms of their goaltender. Uh, For me, it's just a small, small lean, uh, maybe to the under just because you would think that every game had gone under the total this year with Vegas and Colorado until the other night in that 5-1 game, which barely crept over the total. You would think Vegas is going to try to slow this thing down. Flurry, if he plays, is definitely going to be a guy that's going to be looking to step up, bounce back. He's done that a lot after a subpar game this year, if he plays, that is. So just the smallest of leans under, other than that, for me, it's a pass on this game, but a great one to watch. I mean, uh, I'm definitely tuning into this one at 3 p.m. Eastern. I know the tournament is going on at that time as well, but I'll have this one on a, one of my TVs for sure. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Vegas, Colorado.
2: Yes, yeah, this is going to be a, a good game to watch. I mean, both teams tied atop the, the Western Division right now in points. And I get what you're saying about Fleury, that you know you want to give him uh, a start after a bad performance. But he's had a tremendous year, and the counterpoint, I've heard some other people talk about this, is that, you know, with Robin Leonard, he missed that time with the concussion. You got to give him some time to get back into some form because down the road, I mean, you're going to be riding Flurry the rest of the year, all right? And if you're going to make a playoff run, if if Vegas is winning the Stanley Cup, it's going to be because Marc-Andre Flurry is playing. But things happen, injuries can occur, COVID, who knows? You want to have Leonard fresh and ready so if he has to step up and take that that spot now, you know, he can do so. So I, I think, you know, you probably need to give Leonard the start. And obviously down the road you'll give him starts against teams like Anaheim, San Jose, St. Louis, teams that are out of the race to, to sharpen up. Uh, but you can't just ride Flurry, you know, down in, into the ground now because once you get into the postseason, you'll be in trouble. You're going to have to play Colorado. You might have to play either a, a Minnesota team or, uh, you know, potentially L.A. or who what have you. You want Flurry sharp. So you're going to have to re- rest him at some spots. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too discouraged if Leonard plays this game today. But that being said, this Colorado offense is just outrageous right now. I'm clicking on all cylinders, like you said. You got McCarr scoring, you got McKinnon. Everybody's chipping in uh, offensively. The team total has cashed in seven straight games with with Colorado. That's where I'll be looking to, to be playing here. I'll go over three and a half. You can get it plus one twenty. It's a, more than a fair price.
4: All right, Colorado team total over three and a half plus one twenty. Uh, for Alex with the uh, avalanche. And yeah, uh, they've been scoring four routinely. It is difficult for teams to master the art of generating offense, coming in waves offensively, getting chances, getting good looks, but not sacrificing defensively, getting back, not giving up a lot. Colorado is in that zone right now for the last couple of weeks where they are doing both. They're getting their offense and they are airtight and getting back and in good defensive position. Uh, in their own zone. And Landeskog had a great quote about that. He said, our game starts with defensive commitment and we go from there. We know we can create offense, but the buy-in for the last month, it's been very good defensively and we're seeing the results from it. Yeah. That's if they keep this up where they're generating all of this offense, these chances, high danger chances through the roof, expected goals through the roof right now for Colorado. And they're not giving up much at the other end. Good luck trying to beat this team. And with Grubauer and that looking." rock solid again this year start to finish. Yeah, there's a reason why I was kind of bullish coming into the season on Colorado and now that they're healthy, playing this way, they're backing me up. They're making me look good right now this avalanche team and uh even you would think Vegas off the loss. You got to bet them right plus 160. Plus 160 on Vegas in this spot. Off a loss, a very good Vegas team. You know, it's not like Vegas is chopped liver. I mean, hell, these two teams are battling for first in the West Division right now. But it just goes to, uh, goes to show you how good Colorado's been. And it speaks volumes about what the Avalanche are doing right now. And I still, even at this price with Vegas, I don't want to step in front of Colorado right now. And I'm not going to do that. Uh, Avalanche team total for Alex uh, in this game. Uh, Columbus and Detroit. We've got Columbus minus 155 road favorites here. Total five and a half shaded to the under. Probably going to pass on this game. Let's see if the line trickles down a bit more. If it does, I might get involved with the Jackets and regulation because I have seen signs of this team playing a little bit better. I thought they played well against Carolina outside of the 3 0 shutout loss where Nadelkovich was uh, very good in the first game. You know, I like the response in the uh, rematch in Columbus against Carolina on Thursday. You know, they battled back from multiple deficits, forced the game into overtime uh, 3 3. Uh, and, of course, they ended up losing in overtime. But they battled Carolina very well in those four games. And, of course, they took both games in Carolina last weekend uh, before the scene shifted to Columbus. So I thought the four games overall collectively for Columbus, head-to-head with a very good Carolina team, thought they made a good account of themselves. This should be a spot where they get a W on the board. Detroit is just uh, in a world of hurt. Thomas Grice is struggling. He got pulled. He got yanked and lit up by Nashville. That's hard to do. They get lit up by the Nashville Predators. Thomas Grice did uh, the other night. Bernier's out, which is a concern. Uh, I don't know if he's coming back today. I don't think so. So you either have to trust Grice, who struggled mightily on the season for the Detroit Red Wings, or you got to go to Cal Pickard, uh, who uh, relieved uh, Grice in that game against Nashville. And he's not a guy i necessarily trust. He's been bounced around from organization to organization. Uh, that's what you get when you're talking about a, one of the worst teams in the NHL. You don't have goalie depth when you're a bad team like this, you got to put in a guy that's been with four or five different teams. If you don't trust Grice and yeah, Grice's numbers are ugly right now. It's, it's unfortunate. We've talked about how nobody's been hurt more from leaving a team in the off season to, to go into their new team, maybe than Grice. I mean, he rock solid Islander defense for years playing behind that. Now you got this mess of a Detroit team and you're two and four, two and 18 this year, Thomas Grice, with a 3.51 goals against average and 8.85 save percentage. So as long as Bernier is not coming back, and I don't think so, they're saying he's day-to-day, so you got to just keep on top of these things and check it day by day. But I don't think there's much chance of him playing today. As long as it's Grice or Pickard, I'm interested at least in Columbus in regulation here in this game. Not saying I'll bet it, it's just a lean for now, but I would lean Columbus to win this game and just – Take them in regulation for a better price. Alex, what's your take here at Blue Jackets and Red Wings?
2: Yeah, I am on uh, Columbus in regulation. I got it at even money just seconds ago. Uh, and uh, this is, I mean, like this, this is a spot where, you know, Detroit is is probably going to start just completely sliding downhill. I mean, they, they've been doing that all year, but I think it's going to really get ugly. It could They could hit like Buffalo kind of levels right now, especially if they're having goalie issues and injuries. Like I said, to give up seven goals against this Nashville team that has struggled offensively all season long, that's a, a horrible sign. So this is a Columbus team that they still have a puncher's chance of, of you know, making that playoff spot. It's going to be they're going to be neck and neck with the, with the Hawks all the way through. So, uh, you know, points are important. And, and every team in that central knows. I, I mean, hell, every team in every division knows they've got to beat up those, you know, those last place teams. You have to get points against them right now. Uh, so I think they're going to be a little fired up. And, and this is a good price. So Columbus and regulation and even money.
4: All right, Columbus in regulation at even money uh, for Alex B. Smith, and I definitely lean strongly in that direction as well. All right, the rest of the games tonight on this Saturday card are night games. We'll start with Tampa Bay and Carolina. Great matchup here, two of the top teams in the Central, battling it out for first uh, in the division. We've got Tampa Bay minus uh, 115 to minus 120 road favorites in this game. The total five and a half here shaded to the over in this one. Uh, you get the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, off of a loss the other night against the uh, Dallas Stars uh give Dallas a little bit of credit it's been a rough struggle uh rough stretch of games uh for the uh, Dallas Stars but so uh, they have uh, they battled back uh, the other night played a pretty solid game overall uh, against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh were able to uh, get the victory there uh, in that game uh so Tampa Bay uh Uh, a loss that snapped uh, Andre Basilevsky's uh, franchise record, 12 game uh, winning streak uh, in the process. So uh, definitely a a bit of a a surprising result with just how much Dallas had struggled head to head against uh, Tampa Bay, but Hey, Tampa Bay is probably not going to win every single head to head game this year against the stars. And we saw signs of that uh, in their last game right away. I can tell you it's Tampa Bay off a loss and I'm not really all that interested ever. Betting against Tampa Bay in this kind of spot, Uh, they're very good bouncing back. Uh, Carolina's back home after uh, splitting uh, a pair of games in Columbus. Uh, Columbus won the uh, first, or actually Carolina won both of them, I should say, in uh, Columbus, 3-0. And then over time, they lost the two games uh, in Carolina last weekend against this uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team. Uh, Two very good hockey teams, no question about that. Uh, I lean, though, to Tampa Bay here. It's only minus 120. I'm interested always in the Lightning off uh, a loss. Uh, and that's the situation for them here uh, in this game. And to be honest with you, Carolina, when you look at their recent games and give them credit for the uh, overtime winner, uh, Martin Netchash and uh, Sebastian Aho just made a brilliant two way passing play to get that goal game and uh, get that overtime goal the other night uh, against Columbus. Uh, but you look at Carolina's advanced numbers, uh, they are not jumping off the page like they were last year. There's been a little bit of regression in. Chances generated, chances allowed. They're actually allowing a little bit more than they have in years past. We kind of saw that play out against uh, Columbus where, again, multiple leads and Carolina didn't protect the leads. And that's rare for the Hurricanes for that to happen to them. So I think with Tampa Bay off the loss against Dallas, you get a strong, concerted bounce-back effort. It's a team that always takes pride in not losing too straight. Uh, They've been excellent at avoiding that. Uh, I think they get the victory here, Tampa Bay at minus 120. James Reimer is going to be a net for Carolina. So I like the over a little bit here. It's very cheap in terms of a total for Tampa, uh, five and a half, even money, pretty much minus 110 here with Reimer in net, who again, he's not the goalie I prefer right now for Carolina. I'd much rather have Alex Nedeljkovic. He's been excellent lately. Reimer's been a little bit more up and down. And Nedeljkovic's numbers have been better than Reimer uh, of late as well. So I like Tampa minus 120, also over five and a half here, which is around minus 110, minus 115. Uh, Alex, what is, what's your thoughts on this one? A great matchup in the central here, Lightning and the Canes.
2: Yeah, I mean, this, this is an important battle. Obviously, they said, you know, it's a one-two in the division. Uh, I would lean with Tampa Bay, like you said, you know, their record off of a loss is, is just outstanding going back three, four years now. Uh, and they like said, you know, Carolina, they, you know, had their stumbles at times, like you said, with, you know, Reimer. He's gotten a lot of work. Uh, I know Moratik's soon to come back, they said. I think he was skating at practice and skating. So we'll see him, you know, fully, you know, maybe they'll get back to that rotation uh one, two eventually. And that once again, like I said, it's going to be important for these teams that are in the playoffs. I mean, these two teams are going to be in the playoffs. That's a, a foregone conclusion. They got to, you know, split this time evenly with their goals, especially Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, now Tampa, obviously the drop-off between Vasilevsky and McElhinney is is significant, but, you know, you can't just ride Vasilevsky into the ground either. You're going to need him in the playoffs, so we're going to have to see these top teams have to you know manage their goaltending wisely. But uh, this is, a, I think, this is a good spot for Tampa Bay. I, I like I said minus a dollar twenty. You don't get that that cheaper of a price with the, the Lightning that often, uh, no matter what the situation is. So I'll take a shot with them as well and uh, make it uh, money on money line.
4: All right, Tampa Bay minus one twenty for Alex B. Smith as well uh, with the Lightning hosting the Canes. One of the better games of the night, as is this next one. Uh, first place in the North Division. Essentially, we got two like first place, three first place showdowns. My, I beg your pardon, because Vegas, Colorado, is a first place showdown this afternoon as well. You got first place up for grabs in the West with Vegas, Colorado. Top two teams in the Central, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and you've got the top two teams in the North here. Well, two of the top three team, Winnipeg's in that race too. Uh, Toronto and Edmonton should be a good one here. Leafs minus one fifty-five home favorites. Total six and a half shaded to the under in this one. I am on Edmonton here. Small bet, plus 135, but there's things I like for Edmonton here. Number one, because of the cancellations this week with their games against Montreal, they're fresh as a daisy. They're very well-rested. They've gotten some practice time in. They've been in Toronto for a few days already. Apparently, they went to Toronto not long after finding out that their games against the Habs were canceled uh, due to the COVID-19 issues with the Canadians. So they've been practicing. They've been getting ready uh, for the, for, for this, uh, series here with Toronto. And of course, if you flash back to the Oilers, when they played the Leafs earlier this season in Edmonton, they were humbled. They were absolutely humbled by this Leafs team who dominated them and won three straight games head to head against Edmonton and really wasn't even close. I mean, they just controlled and dominated the play, uh, in all three games. Connor McDavid was completely shut down in that series. Leon Dreisaitl, uh, didn't do much uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, That is something that resonates with Edmonton. And Edmonton didn't let those three games bother them. That's what's impressed me about Edmonton. They played really good hockey immediately following that three-game sweep at the hands of the Leafs uh, in Edmonton. And they played much better. I think they come into this game with a real, real sense of purpose. Not that Toronto doesn't, but I just like the way it sets up. They're playing good hockey. They are definitely chomping at the bit to get another shot at this Toronto team right now after what the Leafs did to the Oilers earlier this season. The price is pretty good, plus 135. In fact, the price has come down a little bit, so people are, looks like, rolling in a little on Edmonton here in this game. Uh, And that's not easy to go against Jack Campbell. He's undefeated this year as a starter uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's the one you know, obstacle you've got to overcome here if you're on Edmonton in this game like I am. But I like the situation, the way it goes, uh, sets up for them here uh, in this game uh, going into it. The Leafs aren't still getting a lot of their top guys rolling offensively right now. The scoring has dried up a little for Toronto. You know, Marner hasn't scored a ton. Nylander hasn't scored a ton. Tavares' offense, I don't know where it's gone. Matthews is still trying to, you know, get back to 100% form from that wrist injury that's been bothering him uh, for the last couple of weeks. So Toronto's offense is just not clicking on all of a sudden. In fact, their power plays really struggled and you don't expect to see that uh, from the Leafs, but their power play Toronto has not been good uh, in recent games. I think Edmonton's got a shot here to go into Toronto and win this game. I think the scheduling setup is good for them. The days off the practice time, I think pure focus laser focus to try to make amends for uh, getting just uh, the boots put to them by Toronto, Uh, in the three games in Edmonton. Uh, Again, not easy to go against the Leafs uh, or Jack Campbell, who's played excellent uh, in net. In fact, he's been better than Frederick Anderson lately. But I'm going to go Edmonton here, plus 135. I actually lean from a total standpoint to the under uh, in this game. Six and a half is the total. Toronto's having a tough time finding the back of the net. Mike Smith's been good. Jack Campbell, as we know, has been excellent. I think this is a lower scoring game here tonight, personally. So I I think the under is probably worth a look as well. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here? A good one between the Oilers and the Leafs.
2: Yeah, I could see a lower scoring battle too, and, and that's why I like the regulation draw. Uh, you can get it as high as plus three fifty at a couple of shops. Uh, I was just looking at that you know a second ago. Uh, that's a, a very generous uh, price, especially for like you said, you know, two hot goalies right now uh, and two teams that you know, like I said, been a bit of a layoff for Edmonton. Toronto's offense has kind of struggled at times. So this could be one of those games where it's 2-2 or 3-3 after 60 minutes of play and getting plus 350. That's a, a wonderful price. So I'll take a shot with the regulation draw.
4: I was thinking that too. And this is one of those games I see a tight game either way. One goal. Remember, Toronto went to overtime against Ottawa uh, the other night. And Toronto's played a lot of close games lately. Remember, they only beat Calgary uh, 2-0 and needed an empty net goal. Uh, and uh, the game before that against Calgary was a one goal game. They played a lot of one goal games lately, and when you see that with a team, the draw is always probably worth a little sprinkle. So, uh, definitely I could see this being a game that maybe goes beyond regulation. So, Alex liking the draw with the Edmonton Oilers and Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the New York Islanders taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins, Islanders minus 115. Uh, Road favorites, total five and a half shaded to the under in this game. Uh, The Islanders come back from an early two-nothing deficit to beat the uh, Boston Bruins uh, the other night, 4-3 in overtime. Real resilient hockey team because, you know, Anders Lee was a devastating injury loss for this team. Uh, Captain, leader, great offensive player, uh, does a lot for this team. He even drops the gloves every now and then, uh, you know, to try to, you know, stick up for a teammate. He's just that kind of all well-rounded captain for this Islanders team is having a couple of great seasons in a row here under Barry Trotz, but uh, to see them bounce back the Islanders and win three straight games, beat the flyers. I know the flyers are struggling, Uh, beat at them two games in a row uh, in impressive fashion. And then we're able to rally from an early deficit uh, to beat the Boston Bruins uh, on Thursday night. I like what I'm seeing from the Islanders. I like that Jordan Eberle's gotten things going a little bit again, offensively, Uh, and they've still got enough to go around. And I think, people look at this islander team and say you know what this is a team that can they score enough goals and I, I think people just sleep on the fact that if you group all of these guys together they've got enough offense in the in the holster uh, in my opinion bovillier uh, and eberly and, and bailey when he's going brock nelson uh they've got enough in this uh, team jean gabriel pajot who can give you offense from the third line i still love that I, I loved it the day it happened that they traded uh, for him with Ottawa, and, and he's been a nice uh, addition to this team as well. Uh, so the Islanders are a team. I'm I'm reluctant to go against them right now. I mean, I cashed with them the other night. Pittsburgh though's been very good at home. They beat Buffalo twice. Who cares? I understand there's that part of uh part of the equation here. Is your Pittsburgh's coming off two uh, wins against uh, the worst team in the NHL right now? Uh, before that, the uh, split with New Jersey. Uh, but I still like the trajectory for them. They're still missing. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, obviously, uh, and that's a concern. They're still banged up a little at the center ice position. This has a draw written all over it. I could see this being a draw. I could see – I would lean Islanders. I'm not going against the Islanders right now. I like what I'm seeing from this team. I might even – I probably will bet them, actually, for a small bet here. Minus 110, minus 115. Pittsburgh's been good, especially at home. But the Islanders, I think, are at another level defensively right now. Varlamov's been locked in. Uh I like the way they're going. Pittsburgh's still a little bit, a couple of key injuries for them. And, you know, to be honest with you, I thought they got outplayed by Buffalo. Seriously, in the second game against Buffalo. And Casey DeSmith had to be pretty good uh, in that game. It may not look that way because it ended 4-1. Buffalo had a lot of the play in the Pittsburgh zone, and they just couldn't finish any of their chances. Uh, So Pittsburgh uh, kind of significant. Yeah, Kapanen as well. It looks like he's probably going to miss this game as well for the Penguins. So I I, I like the Islanders a little bit here in this game. Minus 110, minus 115. The draw, if you're interested, makes some sense to me as well. Alex, what do you think here? Islanders, Penguins.
2: Yeah, I would lean with the draw here. I mean, these are two teams that always play each other tight. Now, it could be high scoring or low scoring, but if you look – uh recent history, five of the last nine meetings have gone to overtime. Seven of the last nine meetings decided by one goal. So uh when you get that close and, and you're getting a good plus price around three ten, three fifteen, uh it, it's worth looking at, at taking the draw. I didn't make my card because there's other, other games that I like, but uh that's the only thing I'd be looking at here. I think both of these teams are playing very well. If I had to pick a side it would be with the Islanders. They've won twelve of the last fourteen. And uh, like you said Pittsburgh kind of, you know, feasted off of the poor, uh th- that is the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, just a lean with, with the Islanders and a stronger lean to the regulation draw.
4: All right. Looking at potentially the draw, just a lean, though, uh, in terms of that for the uh, Islanders taking on the uh, Penguins. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to get the uh, confirmation here with Pittsburgh because you're right, the injury list is significant for them. And, again, you you, you can basically send a uh, AHL team out on the ice to beat Buffalo these days. But now missing these guys uh, against the New York Islanders, you know, that's a, a different story. Uh, when you're talking about Tanev out, Zucker out, Malkin out, Bluger out, Kapanen out. Kapanen's been excellent offensively for Pittsburgh, so that's a big loss not having him either. So it's uh, going to be a much taller uh, task. You go from Buffalo to the Islanders, it's like night and day in terms of quality of opponent right now. Uh, next game, we've got Florida and Dallas. Even money both sides, minus 110, total five and a half shaded to the under. Um, is there finally a little bit of a reason to get concerned for Florida? Yeah. Um, I would be a little in just the fact that, look, I know Barkov's a hell of a player, but all of a sudden the offense is just dormant without him in two games against Chicago uh, this week. That was a little surprising to see that. I did not expect that because you look at the lineup and what they still have with Huberto and Verhage, uh, and you've got still guys that have played, uh, Hornquist, you've got guys that have played well offensively this year for Florida. You're not supposed to be totally handcuffed just because, albeit a great player, out of the lineup he's one guy he's a he's a great player barkov he's had a tremendous start to the season but to see florida just basically go in the tank in terms of their offensive game against chicago now part of that was Lankinen. i mean my goodness kevin Lankinen said something early in the week about how he's worked with the goalie coach and tried to fix some things in his game work on some of his technique uh and and obviously it worked (laughs) because he was really good he was dynamite in those two games against the uh, Florida Panthers uh, for Chicago to win those two games. So that's definitely something you want to keep an eye out. There's also some injuries here a little bit uh, for this uh, Florida Panthers team not uh, coming into this game. We know Barkov's the key one uh, who missed of course, the two games earlier this week uh, against Chicago. Uh, But uh, Patrick Hornquist is now uh, listed as questionable uh, and, and day to day. So there's a potential that he may miss this game. Uh, so all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about two key top six forwards may not play tonight uh, for the Florida Panthers. He got hurt in the game against uh, Chicago on Thursday. So listed as questionable day to day. We'll have to wait and see if we get an update closer to puck drop. Wegar is fine. Uh, someone asking in the chat, Mackenzie Wegar, the defenseman, is fine. Uh, he's going to be uh, available today for Florida. In fact, their whole blue line is healthy. It's just Hornquist and Barkov. Uh, up front uh, are the uh, key uh, absences uh, for the Florida Panthers. I don't, I'm pretty sure Barkov is not back tonight uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers here in this game against Dallas. He's saying, uh, Oh, you know what? I stand corrected. Uh, Feeling better says Joel Quenville about Barkov. He may play in the back-to-back games against Dallas uh, on Saturday and Sunday. So there you go. There is a chance that uh, uh, Alexander Barkov will return on the Dallas side uh give them credit they beat Tampa 4-3 great win they're still banged up too Rajilov, Yoel Kivaranta uh, is out Sagan of course hasn't played yet this year Rupe hints day to day uh still a bunch of guys banged up up front they won that game but uh you look at this Dallas Stars team they've had trouble you know using a big win and getting some positive momentum from it and carrying it over into the next game it's been an issue that's why Dallas has the record they have they've not been able to be consistent, they've not been able to uh, set a good games in a row together. Uh, here it is. This is exactly what I was looking for. I looked it up. I knew it was a bad record off a win for this Dallas Stars team, a really bad record. 0-7, Dallas Stars off a win uh, in their last seven games. So Florida's burned me twice this week with uh, Chicago. Uh, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give your uh, team credit, Alex. They uh, took some cash from me this week, uh, beating Florida two games in a row. But I'm coming back to Florida one more time today. I mean, you're going to get Florida now even money. They've still got a great road record. Barkov might actually play tonight. Not for sure, but might. Hornquist might might also play. He's only questionable. He hasn't been ruled out yet. And even if one or both of those guys play or not, they're better than Dallas. And this price is a slap in the face to the Panthers. I know they've lost a couple in a row, but their advanced numbers are still better than Dallas, uh, in my opinion uh we'll see who's in net tonight it doesn't look like they've confirmed anybody the Panthers yet it's Hudobin for the Dallas Stars he'll be in net uh will it be Bobrovsky or Chris Drieger? we'll have to wait and see for Florida but i like Florida here it's even money i got a plus 100 you know at uh at pinnacle with the uh, Panthers and to me that's just a price that Florida deserves a little more respect than that no they've dropped a few games in a row but uh i i i don't all of a sudden think this is a bad hockey team or they're going to go into the tank I, and I do think they're better than Dallas. Dallas has not bounced uh, off a uh, bounced and continued the momentum off a win. I think Florida gets it done here. Alex, what's your thoughts? Panthers and Stars.
2: Yeah, I'm staying away from this one, but I would lean with Florida. Like you said, they're the better team. Uh, I, I think by far. And like you said, they've had their stumbles. This should be a, a good rally game uh, for them against a you know, like you said, a Dallas team that that's had issues. But the injuries are kind of concerning. Uh, you know, and this could this could be a cold stretch for Florida. Uh, like you said they're not gonna fall out of the race. Uh, I don't, I don't think. But this, you know, it, you just kind of want to wait and see. So this might be a good in-game uh, situation to look for. See how Florida comes out in the first five or ten minutes uh, and, and try to gr- grab as good of a price as you can quickly. Obviously, at, starting off at Pickham, uh, you know that that could move against you right away. But I mean, I'd rather have minus one twenty, 120, one twenty-five if they look like they're playing very well. Uh, you know, then you know, a dollar 10 and all of a sudden they start to slump. So that's probably the, the way I would attack this, but uh, this is this didn't make my card.
4: All right, we got Nashville and Chicago, Chicago minus 115, uh, home favorites total five and a half shaded to the over in this game. This is a game that for me, it's uh, I'm not involved in it. I would lean Chicago because you just know I'm, I'm not going to bet Nashville. I haven't bet Nashville pretty much all year, probably not going to start now, but I will say this about Nashville. Um, They got Yossi back from injury. They've got a lot more youth in the lineup up front. Eli Tolvanen has been, I'll give him credit, he's been excellent. And he's finally given them a little bit of a spark offensively. He's been outstanding. That's why he's on the top line now. Uh, He's earned that right to be on the top line. He's been that good. Uh, They've been very, very solid. They have Yossi and Ekholm healthy again. Their defense has been a little bit better. And look, Yossi Soros, they've been riding him, and rightfully so. He's been excellent. He has been very, very, very good the last few games, UC Soros, and he's capable of a stretch like this, but we know consistency with him has always been his issue. I still think he's a step up from Pekka at this stage of his career, and we're seeing that for Nashville right now. So they're playing well. Uh, I wouldn't put it past Nashville to win this game, but I still think Chicago has played well at home, coming off two nice wins against Florida, maybe stepping up again. Their home record's good. Price is cheap, and I still think Chicago is better than Nashville. It's a, it's, it's a cheap enough number where I, I lean to the Blackhawks, but for me, just to lean in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Nashville, Chicago.
2: You know, Nashville, I mean, they give the Hawks fits, no matter how good or bad they are. I mean, we've seen the you know, last three games have gone into overtime, so it's a slight lean with the regulation draw, but I like the Hawks here. Uh, I think they'll find a way to win. You got Kevin Lincoln in the internet, and we talked about how good he's been. And, you, know, you mentioned at the end that you know he's been working with uh, the goalie coach, Jimmy Waite who's been there for for a while now. He's really fine tuned. Uh, you know, he one that helped with Corey Crawford fine tuning his game late in his career. Obviously uh, his brother Stephen Wade, you know, they're both uh formidable goalie coaches. Jimmy Wade's pretty much spent his whole life, it seems like in Chicago between his playing days and coaching days now. So to work with Kevin Lincoln, he's obviously done a fantastic job. Lincoln and being uh more than likely a, a call to trophy finalist at the end of this year. But Backing him and you're getting a price at, you know, minus a dollar ten, dollar fifteen, that, that's that's solid, especially with the Hawks at home. Uh, I think they're gonna carry that momentum
4: over from those last two games against Florida. here. So I like the Hawks tonight, uh, minus a dollar ten. So, like in Chicago, I don't blame uh, Lank Lankanen has had a phenomenal week. Uh, there's no question about that. So, uh, definitely something to keep in mind here, uh, going into this game, uh, against the uh, Nashville Predators. So, as uh, UC Soros. So this could be that's why I didn't bet the over. Usually five and a half with Chicago. Give me the over. No, not tonight. I mean, Soros is locked in. is playing great. He's keeping the puck out of the net right now. Both of these goalies playing at a very high level. So I don't a, want this a over. Three, two
2: Hawks overtime win wouldn't shock me one bit.
4: Yeah, exactly. And uh I think we have seen a couple unders, believe it or not, as well this year, Nashville, Chicago, head to head. So seeing that again uh tonight in this game. Uh, wouldn't be uh, a surprise to me and as Alex alluded to uh he would could see a 3-2 uh final score uh, take place in this game as well. All right, uh, next up, uh we've got uh Winnipeg taking on Calgary. Calgary -125 home favorites here. Uh total 6 uh shaded to the under uh in this game uh between the uh Jets and the Flames. Look, I'm on I'm back to Winnipeg here uh in this game tonight uh plus 110. I mean Look, Calgary, don't be fooled by the final score. 3 2 was a flattering score to Calgary. They did nothing offensively, absolutely zip, zilch, nada at the offensive end of the ice against Winnipeg. Their two goals were these little tip in, redirect, deflection goals, you know, that basically were created out of nothing. And that's what Calgary got their two goals on. One of them, of course, was with the extra attacker uh, late in the game with the net empty. Their five-on-five offense stinks right now. I don't know how else I can be uh, more honest and truthful than that. Like, they are not generating a thing right now offensively, five-on-five. And like I said yesterday, and like I've said a couple games in a row with Calgary, it's almost like they are trying to play Daryl Sutter's defensive, tight-checking style so much that they've lost their creativity offensively. It's come at the expense of any kind of offensive fluidity with this Calgary team right now, and it's an issue. Now I know it's going to be rest night for Connor Hallebuck. Laurent Brosois will be a net. How many times have I said on the show this year? I don't mind Laurent Brosois. One bit. He is a good goalie. He's having a very good season. Five and two uh, in his seven starts. You know, 2.4 goals against average. 9 13 Those are good numbers. I, I'm fine with Brosois against a team that can't put the puck in the ocean right now. Uh this Calgary team. So I'm okay with Brossois being a net. And it's probably going to be David Riddick. I think you got to rest Markstrom. Markstrom's played a lot the last few, the uh, last week or so, back-to-back situation. It's not like you won the game last night with Markstrom. I think Daryl Sutter's probably going to put uh, David Riddick uh, in net, and uh, he's got every bit the chance to be Big Siv Dave as Big Ed yeah, is Riddick. Riddick is confirmed just now. So yeah, David Riddick in net. Uh, I don't know. It's, Calgary's just in a bad way right now. I'm seeing their captain, uh, Mark Giordano. I said this yesterday, and I'm going to say it again. I saw it again last night, man. Get pissed off. Get angry. You know, crack some skulls. Do something. Like, you're, you're too nice of a guy. Get angry. This should be unacceptable. You should be livid. You should be livid that this team is pissing away what looks like a good enough roster on paper to be a playoff team and do something. And instead, he's just... Well, we had these opportunities, and, you know, just got to stick. Too nonchalant for me. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's too nonchalant. It's too – I got to see some anger here from this guy because he's the captain of a team that has been an underachiever now how many years in a row? Two? Three? Isn't he sick of this by now? Sick of this team doing this year in and year out with the talent and Goudreau and Monaghan and Kachuk and some pretty damn good hockey players up front. Bennett's been a complete disaster for where they drafted him. Uh, I need my captain to get a little pissed off. I need to see some anger, man. I have to see some anger here because this is this is a team that's just going in the wrong way right now. And the honeymoon is over, apparently, for Daryl Sutter because now it's been a few losses in a row. Uh, they, they were lucky to beat Toronto in that one game. Freddie Anderson struggled. They lose two in a row to Ottawa. They lose last night. They barely generate any quality offensive chances uh, against Winnipeg. They're in a bad way. It's simple for me. Keep it simple here. Back to the Winnipeg Jets for me here at plus 110 in this game. Alex, I know you were on the Jets last night. Are you coming right back to them here?
2: Yes, I am, and I'm, I'm going to hit it the same way uh, in regulation. You get a plus 160. That's a great price here to back You know a Winnipeg team that's been rolling, winning three in a row. Uh, They have one of the better backups in the league right now, Laurent Rousseau, because he's been in a good rhythm, five and two record. But this Calgary team, like I said, they're just they're just completely lost right now. And you know, it's early, obviously, with Daryl Sutter's return to Calgary. But I think he might be in that same boat where we've seen a lot of older coaches. Think about Ken Hitchcock in his last uh, you know year or two that he had in Dallas where the game has just kind of moved past him a little bit you know his his style of coaching and his style his the the, the style he wants his team to play might not be suitable for the NHL uh in this current form and time and uh, if that's the case I mean Calgary's going to be in a world of trouble moving ahead cuz it's a 3-year deal he said. so it's not just a you know temporary fix for the rest of the season uh but that being said plus 160 with the the regular for a Jets team that's rolling I, you know I was on them the last 3 games so I'm continuing it now I think Ian froze on us. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, he did. All right, so we'll go to. I'll go on and start the, the next and final game uh, of this long card on Saturday. It's one of the late night games. You got San Jose taking on Arizona. Uh, you got Arizona as a slight favorite, dollar fifteen, dollar twenty, with a total of five and a half. And this is an interesting game. We saw uh, you know a, a big win last night. Uh, from the Coyotes, and now they take on the Sharks team again. But they've got some, uh, I don't know what the confirmation is just yet as far as goalies, but I'm seeing once again, we got another goaltender who I've never heard of. Uh, and Ivan, let's see if I spit his name, like Prosvetov, Pro 22 uh, year old goalie who uh mediocre numbers in the AHL with the Tucson club, uh, had one decent year in juniors uh, a couple of years back. Not really like said, familiar with them at, at all, but now, uh, this is going to get you know, things going from bad to worse with this Arizona team now with no Darcy Kemper and no Auntie Ranta. So, if it's not pro, pro set off, it's going to be uh, Aiden Hill. We've seen him struggle as well. I think he's one four and one on the season. That's a, a, a bit rough, uh, for this, this Arizona team that looked like they could have been you know, fighting for that fourth playoff spot, but now I think they're going to you know, probably fall out of this race. That being said, they're still playing a San Jose State team, we can't. Uh, trust to you know be consistent in any form or fashion. I like the over five and a half uh, at minus a dollar twenty. I think we're going to see. I think San Jose will have more effort than they did last night, but I think we still see goals going back and forth. Uh, so I'm I'm going to be going with the over in that one. Uh, waiting to see if Ian will jump back on because we got to do all of the end uh, show stuff and we also got to get his pick on on that game. Uh, so. It might take a little bit, but uh, I'll take this time to mention to the people who are watching the show. If you if you aren't familiar with it, earlier this week on Wednesday, we opened up a, a merch shop, uh, the Ice Guys store. It's over at shop.spreadshirt.com. Uh, if you guys go and visit and you click on the top of the screen, there'll be a, a redeemable code, 15% off all uh, any merchandise that's there. We've got T-shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got mugs. We had baseball caps. Uh, and they're now sold out from the, the main uh, department as of now. But we do have trucker caps as well. Uh, we've also got some tank tops and crop shirts for the ladies. So check out the, uh, the Ice Guys merch store. That's shop.spreadshirt.com slash iceguys. Uh, and like I said, 15% off of all merchandise. Click on the link at the top of that screen. Obviously, check us out on uh, the podcast as well. This will be in audio form in about a couple hours through the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, and all streaming platform sites. Uh, so still no word from Ian. Um, I, I'll answer any questions you guys got in the chat. Oh, okay. Here we go. Artemi says uh, the website Ian had for advanced stats. That would be naturalstattrick.com. Uh, I use that as well. And that's, you get all kind of you get coursey, you get get high danger chance, uh, shot percentages. Very easy to read and navigate. Uh, you can go by team, by matchups and so forth. So, that's the website natural stat trick for those looking for advanced stats. I don't use them as often as a lot of other handicappers we kind of talked about this on Wednesday. Where we have more of a bit of an old school approach. I know Ian's the same way, but um, it's definitely a site worth looking at, especially except when it, if you're a totals player, you have to look at those numbers we talk about high data chances, quality scoring chances. Uh, you know, that's more important than just straight up Fenwick and Corsi. Obviously you have to take those uh, into consideration as well, but it's not, you know, completely gospel you gotta you know factor it into your handicap it's not the be all end all to handicap
4: oh, okay are you in back there we go i'm back yeah no problem uh, uh, we were at the end of winnipeg calgary and i was hearing uh, alex and i want to mention something because i heard alex the point he was making about winnipeg calgary before my uh, connection dropped for a second there <laughs> you're right about these dinosaur coaches does the, does the welcome mat get worn out in 2021 hockey that now is a different little brand of hockey than Daryl Sutter's used to. From like he started coaching in the late 80s, you know, early 90s. That's how long he's been going. That style of hockey back in those days, it ain't what's going on right now uh, in the NHL. So you're right. Jacques Lemaire, his style got old, stale uh, at some point. Uh, we've seen, you're right, with a bunch of co- these coaches, Ken Hitchcock, you mentioned him, another guy that down the stretch, he didn't have that same uh, amount of success. Uh, There's several examples of coaches that later on in their careers, you know, just wouldn't adapt a whole lot to the way the game was progressing toward. And Daryl Sutter might be caught in that right now. You know, maybe five years ago with the Kings, he could get away with that defensive minded, hard nosed tough minded style, grinded out style of hockey. Uh, That's even less a common way of winning now than it even was just five years ago. So is it going to work now this time around in Calgary so far? Well, it got off to a good start, but I think that's the initial boost that all teams have when the coach first gets there. And now we've seen all of a sudden Calgary just kind of look like a team that's maybe just not very good, a team that Brad Tree Living may be closer to selling than buying at the deadline uh, if the struggles continue right now uh, for this Calgary team. All right, we'll wrap it up. Final game uh, of this card. It's San Jose, Arizona. Uh, Arizona minus 115 home favorites, 5.5 the total, shaded to the over. I cashed the over last night with the Sharks and the Coyotes. I believe Alex was on that as well. Uh, I'm right back to the same bet here. Uh, 5.5 here with San Jose interests me. It interests me even more because I think Devin Dubnik will probably get the nod uh, in net tonight after Jones was in uh, last night. And uh, Jones has been a little bit better than Dubnik, not so much last night. Uh, Jones is good when he plays the Kings, and it seems like when he doesn't play the LA Kings – He's not quite the same goalie, uh, but Devin Dubnik, nevertheless, has had a tough year. Uh, I think he'll, he's a good. there's a good chance he's in net for San Jose. With the injuries to both Kemper and Ronta for Arizona, they might be forced, Rick Tockett, to put uh, Aiden Hill uh, back in net for a second straight night here for this uh, Coyotes team, a Coyotes team that offensively is busted out. Uh, they scored five against Colorado, five more last night. So finally, you're seeing Phil Kessel step up, Connor Garland and company. So this team is getting it going a little bit more offensively. San Jose is always good to chip in offensively. San Jose is also not always sturdy and reliable defensively. You know, as I pretty much said about the Sharks all season long. So uh, I think this game goes over the total. Once again, San Jose, uh, Arizona over five and a half minus 120. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Sharks, Coyotes.
2: Yeah, I'm only over two. I talked about this when when you dropped out and I was talking about Uh, With no Ronta no Kemper. If it's not Aiden Hill, it's Ivan Protsedov, who I've never heard of until early this morning. And I looked up his stats. Mediocre numbers in in Tucson. uh, Twenty-two year old guy, so you know, virtually unproven. Which that's going to happen now. Like I said, goalie depth is being tested uh, around the league. So uh, I like the over. Like I said, you know, I think San Jose gives a better effort offensively than they did last night. But uh, five and a half at at minus a dollar twenty is a great price.
4: All right, so both of us like in San Jose, Arizona, over five and a half for a second straight night uh, between the Sharks and Coyotes, and that's the Saturday card. All eleven games right here on the Ice Guys Show, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, before we uh, wrap up the show, a reminder: download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. Great time to get involved with DraftKings. Sweet Sixteen begins tonight today. Uh, the tournament for another couple of weeks through the Final Four. Uh, you've got NHL and NBA coming down the stretch of the regular season, uh, which is a good sign. Uh, you've got uh, Major League Baseball starting uh, next week. It's all coming at you full force in all kinds of different sports. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. You'll get a deposit bonus. Uh, you'll get a deposit bonus, weekly specials, incentives, bet boosts. THPN the promo code with DraftKings. All right, it is best bet time to wrap up this show. Uh, Alex, actually, before that, uh, mention the store because I know uh, a couple people were asking about it. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I did that too before you were off as well. That was the time I filled in. Okay. Mentioned, uh, all right, yeah, so there you go. All <laughs> right,
4: no, oh, that's all right. You've done it, that's great because I know there are people uh asking about it uh in the chat. So, uh, good stuff. Yeah, the Ice Guys store, great merchandise. We appreciate the support, lots of great gear. Uh, that you can get. So uh, make sure you check that out and get in your orders now so that you can receive them as soon as possible. All right. Best bet time for this uh, Saturday card. Lots to choose from. I'm going to go with in this uh, situation here. uh, I'm trying to see here. It's going to be one of the games at night. I'm going to go Tampa Bay here. uh, Minus 120 uh, against Carolina. Very good off a loss. It's tough to go against Carolina. I like that team a lot. They play so well, both ends of the ice, but uh, their advanced numbers haven't been quite as impressive lately. You've got Tampa off a loss. That's always interesting to me. The price is reasonable. James Reimer and that is a decline and a downgrade, in my opinion, from Nadelkovic right now. So I think Tampa Bay gets the win. Uh, I'll go with the Lightning minus 120 against the Hurricanes uh, for my best bet. Uh, Alex B. Smith, what have you got for best bet today?
2: I'm gonna go right back to the well with the Winnipeg Jets uh, in regulation plus 160. They're playing well. Calgary's not playing well. Uh, Lawrence been good in net, uh, most of the season. David Riddick has struggled in net most of the season. So, uh, we're getting a, a very generous price even for regulation. Uh, with, with this, I thought it would be you know maybe close to plus plus one twenty, one thirty, 130, but uh, we'll go with the Jets plus 160 in regulation is my best bet.
4: All right, Winnipeg Jets, uh, plus 160 for a little better bang for your buck, plus 160 in regulation for uh, Alex B. Smith with the Winnipeg Jets for his best bet. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys show for this Saturday. We appreciate all the support. A reminder, we're here seven days a week. We're the only hockey show here every single day, breaking down every single game from a betting perspective, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live on YouTube, you can download the Ice Guys podcast in all uh, on all major podcast platforms if you miss the show live Uh, great stuff Uh, for Alex B. Smith I'm Ian Cameron have a great Saturday enjoy the games and good luck NHL NCAA tournament UFC a big UFC card tonight lots going on on the Saturday enjoy everything that's going on Cash some tickets and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network
3: Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy.
0: We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is
5: NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury.
3: This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cuson
0: This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance.
5: We're so afraid as a society to rip the band-aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied.
3: And That's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone. Even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries.
0: The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah,
5: it needs real long form conversation like this.
3: I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter.
5: We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working.
0: Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways.
5: This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma.
3: It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever
0: will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.